Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Jack Stafford on with us. He is a British singer-songwriter and super troubadour. He is most well-known for his thought-provoking lyrics. He is on a mission to bring spirituality to the center stage and mysticism back into the mainstream. So welcome to the show, Jack. Andrea, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I was kind of reading a little bit of your bio that you sent over to me, and I would love for you to share a bit about your own personal journey because it is quite the journey. Oh, it has been both physically and mentally. (laughs) And I have the scars to prove it. (laughs) So So yeah, where would you like to start? Like, I would love for you to know, um, because I believe you started in the corporate world. Yeah, I did. Well, I can burn through it. I've I've told this story many times. And uh, so... I grew up in England and I moved to Amsterdam, the Netherlands, sorry, when I was in my 20s and I worked as a copywriter. I was a musician before then and they said to me to do this job, you can write lyrics, you can write songs, you can write copy. So I got a job over there. I was writing a lot of marketing copy for Philips and um, I did a bit of freelancing on the side and one thing led to another and I ended up going freelance and I I enjoyed that. You know, I was free agent so I could do what I liked and um did many different interesting clients and I started my own agency for freelance copywriters kind of delegating the work so I get the work in and I'd give it to other people and and I moved to Amsterdam and said the bright lights big city that was fantastic and I I grew there and the business grew it's actually still running today and it's doing very well Um, but I took on too much you know I grew and grew and I also opened a, a fashion business selling these suits that I wore in my own stage as a musician, I was also releasing records. I started a record company and I was running these three different projects at the same time. And uh, over this 10 year period, I kind of just burnt myself out. Mm. Um, that wasn't enough. I needed more. So I, I kind of ditched it all and went traveling around the world as a super troubadour. I visited about 40 countries in two years playing house concerts. So I'd go to people's houses, play a night of, musical entertainment and storytelling in return for uh, passing the hat and a place to sleep. Wow. And I did that. Yeah. So I, I cycled by bicycle, by train, by plane, by car, I sailed around Australia, went up into a whole lap of America, every European country, New Zealand, sailed around Australia, bought a tandem in Bali with my girlfriend who I've met, who I'm still with. And we say we cycled through Asia for six months playing, uh, music to people some people in in um, islamic countries who had never heard music before and yeah so i did this for six months and then came back to italy i've been here ever since for 10 years now wow wow yeah. i mean that's i, mean, I missed out a lot journey. of things there <laughs> <laughs> well yes um but i would love to know um within that so you also have studied ayurveda and you write songs about that now how did that kind of float into your journey well, I, from the beginning, really, in Amsterdam, I, I found a cookbook by, uh, I think it was Andrea Morningstar. Um, and it was a very, really got me interested in Ayurveda, and I gradually got more and more into it. And as I got more and more out of balance, I got more and more into Ayurveda. I think that's the way many people come. I don't know your story, but many people come to Ayurveda because, you know, we get out of whack. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and it's so balancing because we're all suffering from these lifestyle illnesses. We're, 80% of diseases can be cured without a doctor just by changing our lifestyle. And yeah, I got more and more into it. I went to, when I came back to Italy and I went to India quite a few times 
just visiting and going to different centers in uh, Kerala and Tamil Nadu. Uh, visited quite a few touristy centers, you know, the Panchakarma centers and looked around to find the the real deal guy, you know, the, the best doctors. And I finally found a, a very good one in Chennai, which is on the, on the other side to Kerala. And I went there for two months for this really amazing treatment. I mean, he, he studied from, he was in the lineage of a family and also studied with a guru. So he had all the different mama points and the, the uh, do, did special kind of pulse diagnosis with testing the organs. So he could whip through your body, whip through your body and check all your organs just from the pulse. Yes. Oh, that's well, amazing. Yeah. And he had, he also did all the treatments himself. So he didn't have a technician. He did all the massages himself. And yeah, it was incredible. And I really had a kind of a spiritual awakening because of these, these pranic oils he was putting on my body, which was so, because I could, I could, didn't, you know, doing pranayama while I'm there. And I've been doing it a bit before, but when I was over there doing it with these oils, I could go up to 90 seconds breathing in, 90 seconds breathing out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. which is you're just so full of i mean i can do i can't do that now i mean i struggle you know 30 40 seconds something like that but so these retentions helped with the i don't know if it was a partial razor kundalini or some sort of connection with the higher self and just from a you know the application of medicine so that gives you an idea of what it can do to the body yes yeah i mean and that's the the power you know of ayurveda and just finding the people to, uh, connect with. And, um, I mean, sometimes it's experiencing yourself to be a believer in some of the stuff that we do. Cause that's something that I know a lot of people here over in the, you know, in the States that it's, uh, kind of the skeptical at first. And they're like, oh yeah, this actually makes so much sense. The systems, they all connect, you know, once you kind of have it all, you know, laid out and it, it does make sense. So I, I mean, that's why I, also fell in love with it and also came to it in the same, you know, postpartum. That's when I kind of discovered Ayurveda and it really helped me find my balance again. So I can totally relate to that as well. How did you start? Um, like I was listening to a few of your songs and, um, I shared them with a friend and how did you come up with these songs and how did you decide that was going to be your way of sharing Ayurveda with people was in, in music? Well, I always write about the same things that I see and I experience. They just come to me naturally because i i channel the songs you know i sit there in the in the brahma muhurta you know after straight after waking up and just gently strumming the guitar as the sun rises and you know before your conscious mind has woken up and destroyed your day it's that's the time <laughs> and so whatever i've been thinking about the night before it comes through you know if i've been reading an ayurveda book that comes through so i've always written songs about these these things these experiences that i had and i've always been a very a very factual songwriter not just you know so i really do tell stories and, add, and the information you know I use them so i'm reading ashtanga uh, Hridhyam by Bhagpita, who um, is the, one of the original ayurvedic textbooks so it's all in the uh, sutra form so I, I read the english translation obviously but it's in this poetic form <clears throat> so that they could remember it Mm. so they could remember the whole medical textbook i mean you're talking a big book and they just the way that some children can remember the quran yeah yeah they hand they hand it down from father to son and so i took these because it's also written in order of order of importance so the most important sutras at the beginning 
And so I took those, you know, kind of the, the dinner charia, the daily routine, the, the things you must avoid, the 14 urges you mustn't suppress, these, the, do- the doshas, obviously. And I turned these into about 16, 17, 18 songs just to explain Ayurveda to somebody who doesn't know about it. And, it, and as always, the way when you serve other people, you end up benefiting yourself. So now I can remember because of my song, I remember Vata is dry and light, rough to the touch, cold as ice, subtle and clear, can't stop moving around. Mm-hmm. Just because that's the chorus to the song about a, a girl who is, is very Vata. So mm. um, that's amazing. And that's going to be, I mean, that was kind of my next question is, um, you know, do you find yourself healing through the music that you write and the stories that you tell? Well, I hope so. I hope <laughs> I'm reaching people. I did do before COVID, I did uh, tour, tour around yoga festivals around the world so that you to be in these different rooms. You can always go with a teacher and do some asanas, but I was in one room and I'd tell people a story and get them in, sit them in a circle and get them to to feel that person next to them pulse and uh, to diagnose the person next to them, look at the other person's tongue, do have a fun interactive hour of Ayurveda with his and sing songs periodically through to to explain a few concepts. And yeah, I think it really does make it memorable and accessible when it's in in a verse form that people can remember and hopefully. I mean, I certainly, I certainly use the Dinacharya song, you know, exercise December to May to only half capacity as, because all of the Ayurveda is about balance and there's, there is so much to remember if you can really go nuts on Ayurveda, but if you just follow the basics, then mm. you'll, you'll be fine. Well, yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, we teach kids songs and that's how they kind of learn, you know, right. stories and things. So it makes sense yeah. by, you know, we kind of went away from it as adults, but that's how we can also learn. And it's a beautiful way to do it. Yeah. Um, and I had, this was a question from my friend that I had mentioned earlier that sent over and he wanted to know, um, do you view your art as therapeutic? Well, oh, definitely. Yeah. For, for me and for other people, I, I make it, I would make it, even if no one heard it, I would make it just for me because I, I really have to once it's come, once you've been received a song like that, you've channeled it, you, you're disappointing someone somewhere if you don't, if you don't get it out there. So yeah, I do it. And many times I've failed to promote the music in the, in the best way possible, just because I'm, I'm getting the next song out there. So it's therapy for me, definitely. But um, I hopefully in this way, it's, it's therapeutic for other people as well with a, the Ayurveda songs, particularly, but also had a, an album of songs, so I did a body, mind, spirit trilogy of albums. And the first was body with Ayurveda. And then I did meditation songs and mindfulness songs based on more of Buddhism. And then the third one, which is just coming out in January is about spirituality and also a spiritual organization that I'm, I've now a member of because of that spiritual awakening I've joined. So, wow. Well, can you share more about your spiritual awakening? Um, in India and what that experience was like for you. Sure. With all that breathing, that pranic breathing, you know, it's going back to what you said about, you know, being skeptical and then you can be a believer and then you can be a knower. And many of us are at the stage of believing in spiritual things. You know, I believe in UFOs, for example, and, but I haven't, I'm not a knower, you know, I haven't been in one. So, and it's the same with many spiritual things. So, 
I because I was doing this 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 breathing as well with the pranayama and holding the breath, I was able to I started to get more in touch with the higher self and I started waking up at 3.33 on the dot every night um, and you know it was really strange so I'd look at the clock it's 3.33 the next night I might go to the bathroom you know go back to bed and then wonder what time it was roll over and look and it was 3.33 this happened you know every night so that was quite a strange you know I never had that before and I looked around you know you google it Mr. YouTube and he says, look for synchronicities in your daytime because synchronicities are a big sign of the, the universe or your higher self trying to get some message through to you. So I kept seeing Kundalini everywhere. Kund I was staying behind the Kundalini center. The doctor mentioned Kundalini. He mentioned uh, this book, The Serpent Power, which is a very, which is translated from Sanskrit and it's, it's heavy going as many of these books are. So I looked on, I turned again to YouTube I got an online class about it. And this was a guy in Florida, in Miami. And he was going through it. And he was a Western yogi. He was a big black guy. Never been to India, but he was born into a yogic family. He had been doing pranayama mantra since he was three years old. And he was, he was um, many, many steps higher up the ladder than me. So he, and he starts talking about his master, who is uh, Dr. George King from England, who was in the 1950s, did yoga, proper you know mantra pranayama for eight, eight hours a day after work for 10 years and fully raised kundalini up to the crown chakra became a became a, a master and so i'm in india learning about and, and a master of yoga from yorkshire i mean i'm expecting to meet sad guru or someone in the robes you know something some some sort of you go to india you want to have a nice experience like that but it was really funny to have a spiritual life and enlightenment via youtube oh wow uh well thank you for sharing that and um and is that what this this newest album is about kind of <clears throat> spiritual awakening or just spirituality in general yeah it's from the teachings of the ethereum society which is the organization started by dr king <clears throat> excuse me so once i once i got back to italy oh, sorry <clears throat> i need a bit of water here mm. <clears throat> so once I got back to Italy, I and I got more into the teachings after a year, I said, I, you know, I need to promote this. I need to do some proper promotion. So I needed an idea. And I used COVID came along. Mm -hmm. And I did some uh, many podcast interviews like this to promote my last the album about Ayurveda and about the mind, mind and meditation. And so I needed an idea for a podcast. So I came up with pod songs where I interview people and then I write a song about them oh wow yeah that is so cool um so that I I love that and I um how long have you been doing the the pod songs <laughs> podcast then for the past year and a half about yeah it's just well it's one year I've been releasing and it's a uh, hundred songs and a hundred episodes in one year wow wow that's yeah. amazing pretty crazy <laughs> oh my gosh oh I'll have to check I'm a baby though it's that's the way to to get the power up there and I've been doing that intensive practice every morning I do an hour and a half mantra pranayama and these are the results mm. um so if people are listening and maybe they're they're not as familiar with like what what a mantra is um can you share a bit about that sure yeah mantra must be in Sanskrit the English an English mantra is a, an affirmation so if you're repeating something in English it's an affirmation 
which can be a positive thing like every day and every way I'm getting better and better and better and better and better. But a, but a mantra, there's many laws attached to mantra. It must be in Sanskrit. It must be if you give someone a mantra and it, the mantra doesn't live within you, there are very bad karmic implications. So you should only get a mantra from a master. And I got mine from the theorists. From, you can get it from a tape recording, but it, it, there must be a lineage in there because there are many laws, as I said, associated with mantra. And it has an effect. It starts the it starts the aura to spin. So it throws off sankaras, the scars on the aura, and it generates tremendous power in the body because of this and opens, cleans, cleanses the nadis as pranayama does and opens the chakras and does many, many wonderful things. Mm. And yes, the and I was always told, um, you know, you don't share your mantra with others either. That that's a personal, it's, correct? Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's where, um, cause I also, I was given one by our, this last yoga teacher that I had and, um, that's the same, same type of thing. And so that's, I don't know, sometimes in the West, like mantra, we, we hear that, but we don't necessarily, it's not the same as probably what you and I are talking about. If that yeah, makes it's, sense. It's, it's, especially, you know, the, the AUM people talk about that. You mustn't say, you must refer to it as the word, you must spell it out. You must not say that say it in, in conversation you it's a very sacred word it's the it's the word spoken by the sun that created the earth so it's it's the holy word and you must for it as an example you, you can't you shouldn't talk glibly about mantra it's uh is a tremendously tremendously powerful practice well i um i want to know since you were, were traveling so much and you know you've been to so many different countries and maybe before you know you met your girlfriend was there times that you felt lonely or secluded or, you know, were you always kind of out there and just meeting people during your travels? Oh yeah, for sure. I was even in the company of people, you can be lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a crazy time of it. Um, I did it all in the wrong way. I was always pushing on booking the next town. I wasn't that I rolled into a place and then wondered where I should go next. I'm always very rajasic. So I was very pushing, 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 and I I wouldn't do that again. It was was not a it was not a, a joyful experience. You know, mm-hmm. there were there were there were there were happy moments, but it wasn't a joyful journey. Mm-hmm. So, did it kind of um, throw you more out of balance than all of that travel? Did you notice? Yeah, for sure. I still have a I still have a big vata imbalance, the big cracks in the tongue, mm-hmm. and yeah. It, traveling is one of the worst ways is one of the best ways to get imbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the Vata dosha. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So is there any ways that you found to, you know, if people are listening, I have some clients who have to travel for work and they're, you know, on planes constantly, are there any tips that you have or picked up along the way to at least somewhat stay in balance with that Vata dosha? Um, yeah, it's very difficult with traveling, especially with a plane. It's so drying it's the movement of the constant so yeah maybe just accept it you're going to be out of balance and and once you just accept it yeah because especially with vata is very difficult because you know you, you're listening to your mind and your mind is if your mind is out of balance if the body's out of balance the mind's going to be out of balance and the two work together so yeah just any small things are like you know trying to dry yourself in the ocean 
So what has been like your biggest life lesson, you know, so far since you have had so many journeys? I think there's selfless service to others. That's the motto of the Ethereum Society is um, services are the jewel and the rock of attainment. And all those experiences that I had and all the problems I'd faced, if I'd been doing it genuinely in service to others, you know, with through every activity, you know, if I did a concert or I made a business or I worked on a song, if I, if I had someone else in mind rather than my own prom- promoting myself, then I would have had a much better experience. There would have been much more, much more rewarding. And I'm, I wish I'd learned that at an earlier stage. And where can people, you know, listen to your music at? Uh, just search Pod Songs. It's on it's on Pod Songs on all streaming services. Pod Songs on Instagram. Pod Songs on Facebook. I've kind of even turned over my my own music website to Pod Songs because that's that's really what I'm pushing now. And I'm getting other artists to come on and do the songs rather than me. So I'll just be the host, not singing anymore. Because you know, after after all the things I've done, I think I can take a rest now. Oh, yes, yes. You, you deserve a little break. <laughs> so um, is that kind of the best place for people to connect with you at if they're, um, you know, wanting to find you at all the pod songs? Yeah, you just, if you, whatever you, if you have Spotify or Apple, just uh, look on, just search for pod songs and you'll get the, the playlist, the podcast itself, the songs that come from the podcast and on YouTube. There's all there's music videos to the songs as well. There are episodes with that we're just releasing now where an artist paints a picture of the convers well of the song while we're doing a conversation. So it's become a, a what's it called in German a gemacht Kunstwerk, mm-hmm. where it's a complete art form. So in the music video, someone's dancing. I'm doing a song, and then there's a painter, and then oh, wow. maybe a sculptor, and yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like opera, but more less dramatic. <laughs> Well, um, I just kind of have one final question for you. And I usually like to have a weekly challenge to the listeners. And then when I have a guest on, I have you throw out a weekly challenge to everyone. So what would you like that challenge to be this week? Well, I'd like to do the, do the 12 hour challenge. Yeah. So from have 12 hours every day for one week where you don't every day where you're not on a, on a device, you're just doing, you're either asleep or you're doing your practices. So you know, but buffer your bedtime. And so you, you can, you can do mantra pranayama in the morning, or you just go for a walk or you just, you know, whatever, but say, for example, from nine till nine, there's no, no technology. And then do whatever. And then once you do these things, like once you say, I'm not going to do this, then you know, if you say, I'm just going to sit down and do nothing, I give you five minutes, you know, because you're, you'll find something to do because mm-hmm. we just, you know, if you can sit there for hours and hours, then you don't need to be listening to podcasts. You're already a master. So yeah, if you just, but then you'll do, if you, if you make this commitment, you'll just have a better quality of activities rather than just the mindless entertainment that we all fill our lives with. How do you balance that personally? Yeah. Well, I have, I just, you know, it's, it, because when everyone, when they're waking up, they, many, many people check their messages, get a little endorphin boost. And if you just put that off later in the morning, because, you know, there's, there's no message, you know, that, that, that's that important. You just wait till, till nine o'clock or, or, or whenever you've set your time. 
and then just do your practices in the morning or, or or just have your own time or do something but not not just having this mindless stimulus and the same in the evening with the you know when you've you've got to when you've got to finish everything on netflix and and it's really just a complete waste of time you know you could it could be anything you could call call a friend you know be in service by just listening to someone else or or, or i don't know sweep sweep the floor or or go for a walk or do mantra do pranayama do meditation do yoga but have that solid you know half of the day without this mindless stimulation which has taken over our world mm. yes i agree i agree well thank you so much for coming on today jack i know it's uh, later there for you during this interview so thank you for making the time for that and uh, hopefully you'll be able to sleep well um since it is later there and you can get off your devices and um I'm relax still in time. yeah yeah it's, it's, it's coming up for eight o'clock so i've still yeah. got time yeah, <laughs> yeah see by eight o'clock i'm usually done so i'm impressed that you're you're still able to do a podcast you're really asleep thank you thank you <laughs> well thank you so much and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power